Hi, this is Jackie Phillips. Hi, this is Steve Romain. Welcome to Reset. On Power 91.1 FM, Reset, because you deserve it. Hello. Hello. Jackie, how are you? Good, how are you? Welcome, everybody, to Reset. Welcome to Reset. I am so excited about our guest tonight. Me too. She's one of my great friends. I love her. I mean, I've been listening to her music all day, getting ready for that. You know, singing. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> singing was one of my first loves. I Actually, if I could sing, I would be a singer. Can you sing? Uh, like, I don't think so. Because I have a song you could sing, it, you know. Hugs <laughs> are happy. Hugs <laughs> are happy. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll keep working on it. You and know? you know, the, that song's for children that I wrote, so... I mean, I can't sing, and they think I'm like a rock star. So, I mean, <laughs> well, there you go. And it's bad. It's bad. Well, I'll have to join you in the school today. Sing hugs are happy. At the school. <laughs> I said to my mom, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be singing. They're going to need therapy after they hear this. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Anyway. But I'm very excited. I'm very excited yeah. for today's guest. And Me I too. love, 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 love the way she sings. Me too. I was so blessed to meet her a while ago. Uh, her name is? Chanel. Yeah. I mean, that kind of says it all, right? Mm -hmm. so I think when you have one name, that's <laughs> it. There, you've arrived. Yeah, you're you've an arrived. girl. Chanel, welcome to Reset. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Hi. Hi. You know, you know me. We can't start the show without a little something, something from you. So oh my God, are you serious? I was not prepped for this. I'm Nobody sorry. told me. Oh God, I don't do things like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay um, I could probably sing you uh, my new single that's coming out uh, probably in the next few weeks. Okay. I'll Love You Like Me. Um, I'll sing a little bit, so. Can nobody love you like me? Love you like me. Can nobody love you like me? Love you like me. Mm. I go beyond the universe and I lie fire inside you. Because can't nobody love you like me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, see, that's, what that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you got to teach me how to do that. I'll teach you. <laughs> You just got to be on planks all day, you know, just be on a plank and just hold a note. <laughs> Did you like you hit your other people? No, 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 no. I would do planks and sing, crunches and sing, remember the one, two, threes? Ah, uh, they were great. They were great. So we ran into somebody recently, Chanel, and the guy was like a little standoffish, and this is like a pretty famous guy, and I'm like, why is he so scared of you? And he's like, oh, because I hit him. I hit oh. him. He didn't show up to class. And the next time I saw him, I just slapped him. And I'm like, what? What? Well, you hit him. And, and then he's like, and I'm like, this is why I don't want to be your student. Yo, Tifu. Mm -mm, that's a no-no. You don't do that to your students. <laughs> Jackie just threw me under the bus. I did, but I was like amazed. Like this guy, like six, six. <laughs> he must have really deserved it or something. I was like, what did he do? Exactly. He didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Seafood. 
You know the rules. Keep in touch with seafood. Call, answer the phone, respond. Come on my radio show. <laughs> so you didn't come on my radio show. <laughs> oh my God, that's well, so anyway, funny. Enough about that. Enough about that. Uh, sorry, didn't See, that was amazing. Thank she you. Tell everybody a little bit about some of your accomplishments. I know number one, Japan iTunes. Yes, I mean, sorry, that's my computer. <laughs> um, well. <laughs> Uh, accomplishments. Um, there's been a lot going on, you know, these past couple years. I mean, I think I've sold about 10 million copies of all of my albums put together in the last six years. Um, in, in just Japan and um, Japan and uh, Japan and Asia, parts of Asia, but mostly Japan. So, wow. Yeah, it's been pretty... Artist of the Year, I understand, at one point, too, right? But, yep, I was Artist of the Year at one point. Mm -hmm. And Western, yeah. Western Record of the Year, Western Album of the Year. Yeah, because, you know, when I first um, came out there, I was still an international student. So, um, you know, the way that they um, put me out was like, okay, you know, she's an international stu um, student, singer, and I'm um, still so thinking of you and me being your student. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know they i the first album was an international album that was licensed that was also put out in certain places out here and the rest of the world and then it was after that where we started to experiment with japanese albums and i don't speak a word of japanese but um somehow it i don't know somehow it worked out you have to learn japanese huh did you have to learn japanese i started to learn japanese um I just pronounce the words really well, and I guess like I'm more passionate about learning Chinese and Mandarin because that's I'm half Chinese, so I'm still continuing that. Um, and also because this year I'm going to be releasing the album that I'm going to be releasing is also going to be put out in Asia, so I'll be you know doing a lot more tours in Asia, etc. Um, and of course the rest of the world, hopefully. Um, but yeah, like I just I didn't speak a word of it and. Um, I was just playing around one day saying, hey, you know, why don't I sing in Japanese? And they liked the idea and we tried it, we experimented. And then, you know, I know a few words now, you know, I'm able to, you know, get in a taxi and ask them to take me around, you know, <laughs> but that's about it. Okay. Now your story, one of the things I love about your story was that here you were a little girl and you're singing mm -hmm. karaoke and your dad is like, wow, my little girl can sing. <laughs> so that's like, you know, something you're like born with. It's like in your heart. It's like God's gift to you, right? So can you just kind of run through your story with us? And while you're doing that, also share with us your reset story. Reset story? Mm -hmm. but also my re my reset stories. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, from you to go from being this little girl into this superstar international sensation, that's a reset. <laughs> I mean, that has yeah. a powerful change in one's life, even though it took you years to get there. In mm -hmm. the public side, it's like, boom, where'd this girl come from? She's an yeah. <laughs> it It's funny because it does or did feel like that. I feel like my story is interesting because, um, okay, so I, um, so I was born in Malaysia. And that's where my dad had his karaoke and everything. And then by the age of 10, we all decided to, they decided to move us over to Perth, Western Australia. 
because they wanted us to get a different kind of education. And so um, being in Australia, it was, it's the most isolated city in the world, Perth. I don't know if you've heard of Perth. Um, and it's more popular these days, you know, because Hugh Jackman's from there and Heath Ledger, and Miranda Kerr and all those people. But when I was growing up there, it really was a small town, you know. So music-wise, we were pretty deprived. Didn't really have like a lot of different kind of different kinds of genres and stuff. I remember having to import albums, you know, that cost me like fifty bucks or something crazy. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like remember Music Soul Child? Yes. Yeah, like he, I remember when his first album came out. There was like one copy, and they were like, "Well, if you need it, you need to import it, and it'll cost this much." And I'm like, "This, I forgot how old I was. Well, how was I? Like 16, 17 or something?" Really? Wow. Like that. So, um, <laughs> but after I finished high school, because it was such a, a place of isolation, and I'm like, "Well, nobody really does music like that here." I was in a band from the age of fourteen, and um, I was in the top forty band for about five years. So that's like the most that I thought I was going to be doing there. Um, and so my mom, after high school, I said, well, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should study psychology, maybe journalism or something. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then my mom was like, no, go on audition to get into the Performing Arts University. And I was like, yeah, but you need to know theory and you need to be really good. And they only take like three singers a year. So I was like, okay. So I just went anyways. And they took me in as the fourth singer there. It was just solely on the talent. They're like, are you sure? You know, would you promise us that you would uh, study really hard and do really well on your theory? And I'm like, yes, okay. So I got in. And that's when it all started to really change for me. So now I grew this confidence like, okay, maybe I can really take my music to another level. And at that time, I was producing my own stuff, you know, and um, learning how to write my own songs. Um, and then MySpace came out. So MySpace was like that new outlet, you know, everybody was using. You could put your music up. So I put some music up, put some music up, put my little profile, did my little photo shoot or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> and, um, and then I, I get a message uh, after a couple months, you know, from uh, a guy by the name of Charles Dixon, who ended up later on becoming my manager. But he was the guy that actually came over to, um, who founded me and told me that he wanted to get me my first deal out in America. And he did, he, he hooked it up. And it really did feel like that, you know, yeah. from, the, from the moment of him finding me in MySpace and coming to Australia to meet my folks and then getting a contract and then flying over there. It all happened in the span of, I think, about maybe, I want to say, two, three months. Oh, wow. That's quick. You know? Yeah. yeah so um, that was like a huge reset, if we want to talk about reset, you know? Yeah. Um, so went over there, and everything happened, in my opinion, a little too quickly. I think everybody got, like, really excited and really didn't really spend much time figuring out, like, okay, who is Chanel? what is the Chanel brand, you know, what kind of music is really going to catapult her to the next level? So the, um, the single that I put out was a reggae pop single. It was called I Fell in Love with a DJ. Yes. And um, it was a fun song that I recorded at home. 
and it was over um, an R. Kelly beat. It was an R. Kelly beat. It was the bump, bump R. Kelly beat. Mm -hmm. And that was the version that Japan put out. However, in the United States, they got that remix and turned that into a, in a, in a different instrumental. Um, so that was like the first thing, you know, I toured 40 cities. Um, you know, I, I did like so many different uh, interviews with different radio stations. And I did these dub plates for all of these different DJs. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And here I am like, wow, this is my life right now. And, and I'm ready. And I've always been hungry and ready to work hard. And I think it was on the 40th city, you know, where they told me, Chanel, I'm sorry, but, you know, we got to go home because the, the single is not doing well. So it was just like that. They, it was like, boom, you got it to boom, you don't got it. And then that's, that's what's very interesting about how, you know, some people think that once you got it, it's kind of just like, oh, you just go, 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 go. In my case, it was slightly different. Um, it kind of, um, it kind of went from going, going, going to having to like stop and pause. And I was like depressed for like a little bit, but, yeah. but here's where the other reset happens. Mm -hmm. Japan says, Chanel, I want to put out your single and I want to put out your album. How do we do that? And they were like pushing and pushing and pushing. And here I am trying to get stuck. I'm stuck on something that wasn't moving. And that's another lesson that I learned. It's like, no, I just, I wanted to come out here in America. I wanted to come out and be put out into the rest of the world. Uh, there's an opportunity for you sitting right there. They're screaming for you. Your fans are like waiting for that. What are you going to do? So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. See what it's about. Think about that. What do you say? I, I like have chills right now. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. I have shorts on so you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I always I say that sometimes you have to break up with a dream to birth a new dream or else you're not yes. going to go to that door. Yes, because sometimes, you know, and this goes with everything, relationships, work, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I've heard this from many different motivational speakers, but experiencing it, when you actually experience it, being stuck to a picture you know, because I think there's a lot of studies that you that I encourage people to really understand what it truly means to envision something, but not be attached to the picture. Because you can envision something and have a dream, but if you're stuck to a certain picture, you're going to lose out on opportunities because you're like, no, it's supposed to look like this. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to. No, no. You still would most likely get your dream as long as you continue doing what you're doing and you believe and you take action and all that. But if, you're, if you don't catch yourself getting stuck on something, you're going to lose out. So I felt like I've almost lost out on opportunities because I was so stuck on one thing. So, How did you change that inside of you? Because now you're really young. So at this moment, you don't <laughs> understand all that that you do now. Was, that, was there like this little voice inside of you? Or are you a Ooh, I'll tell you about these voices. <laughs> Oh, man, the voice thing that people talk about, I didn't experience that really until like two, like end of 2015, October. But I'll, I'll tell you about that in a sec. Okay. With, this, with this transition, um, going to Japan and all that kind of stuff, um, I didn't think about all that I just told you. I didn't think that way or I wasn't conscious of it. Let's put it that way. I kind of, I have a strong, 
I do have a strong intuition, I think, mm-hmm. that I, I feel very grateful for because I think sometimes it overpowers me when I may not, when I'm not in a place of understanding yet. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm open to listening to that. And I think that's why I went over. But now looking back at the story, I'm like, that's exactly what happened. I was like stuck on something, but I allowed myself to go, you know what? It's okay. It doesn't look like that. So let's just go and see what it's about. And just, yeah. Well, that's interesting because I never thought of it this way, but it's like your intuition is the voice. It doesn't always have to be a voice. It can be a feeling. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. And as I grew older, it became more and more present, especially when you do, you know, I, you know, me and my husband, we love to do a lot of like personal growth stuff. And I love reading self-help books and all that kind of stuff. Cause I remember when the secret came in, you know, I was like, okay, well, what is this world about? What is this quantum physics? What is this be centered? What is the divine? Like what the hell does all this mean? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, um, and then the, the person that I love listening to lately is Dr. D Martini because he really, talks not just about like stay positive and you'll be happy like he really breaks down um the whole entire world to bring some sort of reality to what quantum physics really is about in order to live you know a a fulfilled life so um so what was my point (laughs) i was saying that yes 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 so I do believe that throughout the years I've, um, you know, I've kind of, I must have, I definitely would have missed sometimes, but the times that I did choose to listen, it definitely opened doors for me. But in 2015, you know, I was doing J-pop music for five to six years. You know, J-pop music is a mixture of uh, half Japanese and half English songs, not the kind of music that's um, going to spread to the rest of the world. And eventually I started to get comfortable you know, because when the thing, when all the, 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 the music stuff came down here and I kind of lost a little faith, like, okay, I guess this is not my thing or whatever, but I still lived in LA, you know, I lived in LA and I loved America and I'm like, is this going to be the rest of my life singing music that I'm not truly passionate about and just coming home and just like, whatever. And eventually that took a toll. It took a toll. And I was like, no, like, there's something more. I don't know what it is. And sometimes when you feel like there's something more, that's something beyond yourself that you may not understand yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I finished off my, my contract and I said, all right, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So when I came back to, I went to New York and this is when, <laughs> this, is when this, this thing happened. So I battled in my head for probably God knows how long. Okay, you got to do new music. No, you got to continue this. No, you got to do new music. No, but it's so comfortable being here. No, but you have something that you may not know if you don't try. Yeah, but I don't know what that looks like, you know, and it's scary. So let me just, let me just continue. Let me sign a new deal. Let me sign a new deal. It's easy. You get money and you get, you get to do new music. You may not like it, but it's good. And then one morning it was just like, stop everything. Like it was so loud. It was so loud that it like stopped me in my tracks. Like I was just like, holy shit. What is this? I'm sorry. I'm cussing. I was like, what? And it freaked me out. And I I remember I called my manager at the time and I said, we need to talk. And I called him and I sat there and I'm like, look, I don't know how this is going to sound, but 
I have to stop everything. <laughs> and I remember he was like trying to keep so calm because we just shot a music video for like $40,000. You know, we're just starting a new lane of music. Are you there? Yeah. We just started a new That's lane fine. of music. And then he's freaking out because he's thinking about, you know, all of the opportunities that we have now stemming from what's already been out. And I said, yeah, I am not going to sign a new deal. I'm going to go back to LA and I'm going to go into the studio. That's what I'm going to do. And I swear guys, like I, I don't even know what I meant when I said that, you know, it's just like, I don't know what that means, man. But I just trusted and it, it was, it wasn't. And that's when I also let them go because they weren't, kind of gelling into it you know what I'm saying so I'm like okay well I guess it's time you know because if you're not in it with me and you're trying to convince me to do otherwise when we're supposed to be a team then um yeah it's time to go yeah so the last two years in LA this is probably the biggest reset so far um I came back here and I called a producer from New York and I also called a, a good friend of mine that I believed in. He's such a great writer and he's my writing partner today. Um, and we started music from scratch. Like I had no idea like what kind of music I needed it to be still in pop world, but familiar. And it was probably like the most fulfilling experience I've ever had in music. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more good music coming, but I've built a foundation. I get to go, this is Chanel. I put a band together and we did a showcase that was so mind blowing. I got to send that to you guys. And it was like, Please. it was life changing. It was life changing. And that was last year. So this year it was like, all right, we get to, you know what I mean? Like what we're we about to do. So just from that voice. And I feel like if I didn't listen to that big voice that literally was like, it was so loud. I couldn't think of anything else. Like it was bugging me. But I feel like I felt like that voice was always there, though. You get what I'm saying? And it kept pushing and pushing. Like part of maturing and growing up, being more sensitive to it, or do you feel like being exposed more to the personal development work that you were talking about helped you to be more conscious and aware of it? You know, I think it's both. Like I've spoken to a lot of like people that are over fifty, right? And all of, most of them that I've spoken to um, eventually got to that space where they learned about that without going to personal development stuff. Mm -hmm. However, and I, so that shows me that I think in time you get, you do get wiser and you do get to learn all that kind of stuff. Um, but all this personal growth stuff is so powerful, especially for people like whenever they're ready to go. Um, you just get more out of life. So I think that for me, it's a mixture of both. You know what I mean? I think it's my growth, you know, as I get older, but at the same time, I've allowed myself to go and learn these things. You know, some people are not interested in that stuff. And I think that, you know, awareness is getting more and more popular. People are learning more about it, but it's so powerful because you just, otherwise you're honestly just running on automatic, you know, and kind of like, you know, when you drive home and you're like, how the hell did I get here? Mm -hmm. Kind of thing, you know, and there's still a lot of that. There's, you know, this power of awareness stuff is a forever thing. It's not like you go, you learn and, and that's it. It's forever, you know? So 
Why not start now? <laughs> How was your lion roaring inside of you? That was yeah. Man, it was so it was so scary. Especially yeah. because especially because I have all this and I'm saying no. You get what I'm saying? So people are like, You're crazy, you're stupid, um, that's dangerous. Well, why don't you just take it and do this at the same time? Like it was just a lot, you know, and um, that's another thing that I've learned. It's like sometimes, you know, it's great to get advice so that you can like kind of figure out because people are wise, you know, you want to get opinions. Mm -hmm. But if something is really, really like clear and true, you got to trust it. You got to trust it. Well, how do you, so what's your advice to people who are in that crossroads or in that place of transition, <laughs> but they're experiencing that fear? You know, we've all heard the saying, feel the fear and do it anyway. But realistically how do you because here you are you have this great career you've got all this opportunity you've got you know people would die to be in your shoes and now <laughs> no to that i'm doing this and you're letting go of it and and facing your fear confronting it so how what is your advice to people who are maybe in that situation or one day will face a situation like that how did they get through it how do you get over your fear um I don't think you'll ever get over it, you know? I think um, it's easier said than done when we say, you know, when you fear it, you should do it. it it's true, because um, usually when you fear something, it's, it's because you really should do it. Um, for me, especially because um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people relate, you know, we have, a lot of, um, we have a lot of, like, unnecessary talk in our head, you know, and unnecessary, like, you know, and people talk about the difference between ego and intuition, and that's real. It's so real, you know, like the, the whole, like, you know, being able to differentiate, you know, what your ego is telling you and what is, like, truly, like, yeah. you know, one of, the, one of the biggest things, and it can still get confusing, and it, it took time for me and still, still is difficult at times. Um, you know, when people say, you know, you have to get to a real quiet place, your intuition yeah. never feels weird. You know, intuition it always feels like, like a balance, like a, it just feels, well, how do you call it, like oneness or it just, it doesn't feel like anything. It's just like when you ask a question and you get an answer and it's just like a whoosh, mm -hmm. that's usually your answer, but our ego doesn't want us to like grab onto that. You know, it wants to say all this other stuff, like what if, what if, and yeah, but you got all of this and it it still sounds like it comes from a loving place, you know what I'm saying? But it's every, for everybody, I think it's different. And I think it's really, really getting quiet, really getting quiet, writing in your diary. Like that helps me too. Like sometimes I just write, 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 write. And either I read back and it gives me some sort of sign or it takes out like toxins, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you just, you get clear after you've written everything out and you just sit there and I'm just, that's what I gotta do. Like you just, you just gotta trust yourself. Um, gotta trust yourself. But like I said, again, it's, it's easier said than done. You know, it's like you, you really have to take a lot of time to yourself and ask the right questions. You gotta ask yourself the right questions. How did you find your influence now I guess, I mean, obviously it came from your soul, but now you're reading all this new music. Where did it come from? Because you had such influence from your other world that you were living in. 
Mm -hmm. It's two different lives, two different worlds. Uh Uh-huh. Like, how do I create new stories and new songs kind of thing? Where do you get your inspiration Yeah, but where are you getting your inspiration from? Oh, you know. You've been so in that world for so long in Japan and this pop star. Yeah. I'm sure you were going through turmoil of even kind of like, how do I even start? How do I reset to zero and write like Chanel wants to write? And sing like Chanel wants to sing. You know, I was called the love song princess over there. Mm -hmm. And the songs are just straight up about love, 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 love. Everything is happy, happy, happy. The springtime, the springtime, I saw his face, I fell in love. I miss him. I think about him. Can't sleep at night. That was the world. Okay. Now, the real Chanel... I'm not one-sided when it comes to love. Like I, when I write my own stuff, you know, it's, you're going to get a piece of everything about life. You know, I like, I mean, when people would interview me out, out there, they thought one, I was this, you know, cause they put me in these white dresses. So they mm-hmm. think like I'm this like angelic, like virgin kind of girl. And um, they come in and I'm a tomboy and I'm loud and I'm cussing and I'm, they're just like, wow, like, yeah, this is, you know, wow. This, you know, oh, oh, I was just, I'm just so surprised. I'm just so, I was like, yeah, that's me. And I'm, I'm not exactly going to transform myself just because you look at a picture and I'm supposed to look and, you know, assuming, assumingly sound like that. But, um, you know, so that was also like another part where I'm just like, yeah, I can't wait to have music that really matches who I really am. So mm-hmm. in the creative process for me, um, there's always a lot to be inspired by. You know, I, I tend to take pieces when I, when I look at my songs, you know, I feel like pieces are taken from my experiences from the past, mm-hmm. experiences recently. Um, I have a scary imagination that my husband often tells me to calm down with. <laughs> you know, he's like, you said words are powerful, you know, like, so you got to be careful. Like, yeah, I get um, So, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, somebody writing a script to a movie or a, mu- a movie concept, you know. You kind of combine a lot of things that you've learned, you know, different things you're inspired by through people, other people's relationships, yourself, um, as well as imagination, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting because as you were saying that, I was thinking about you surrendering to your intuition gave you freedom. Oh, man. It allowed you to express who you really are. Oh, man. And that feeling is like, it's so, I want every single person in the world to experience that. Like, it breaks my heart when, um, like, I have a cousin, and she's married to a dentist. So they're pretty well off, you know, pretty well off. So I'm like, yo, you know, um, his name's Jason. I'm like, Jason, man, like, how, you know, how, what's up? Like, how's life? You know, do you, how's work? Yeah, it's okay. It's like, wait a minute. I was like, well, you don't love your work? He's like, nah. I was like, so why are you doing it? That's what my parents asked me to. And I'm, the reason why I'm bringing that up is not to dog him, but to, there's like, there's a commonality with that, mm-hmm. you know, especially I want to say Asia because I was brought up with the Asian culture. So I don't know, maybe European cultures like that too. I don't know. 
But, um, you know, in Asian culture, especially the old school way, a lot of parents kind of really force and push their kids to do what they want them to do. And another big part of what I believe my purpose is, you know, is the music that I eventually will come out with can be a platform for me to speak to a lot of um, people over in Asia about stuff like that, about, you know, not being afraid to break away from culture because I feel like culture can really limit you. There's beautiful parts about culture, but there's also, you know, limiting factors about it too. And as long as you're aware of what they are, you know, you can still do what it is that you want to do. Um, so it's, you know, it's just, yeah, it's like, wait, so you don't think you could do anything else? Oh, it's too late. Oh, it's this. I was like, wow, man, never too late. Never too late. So was Strut one of your first songs that you came out with that is expressing like your inner feelings that you were inspired to write for this new phase in your career? <laughs> Let me tell you about Strut. So there's a song called Fierce uh-huh. and it's a dance song. It's a dance song. And that was when we, when I released that, that was the time when I was like, I don't want to do this music. Mm-hmm. I'm not Beyonce. I don't need to, you know, run around dancing like her. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, hmm. When my producer came over, I was like, okay, let's play. Let's experiment. Let's take that song. And let's, I want to, I want to be able to take that song and make it into the kind of music that I want to do now. Mm -hmm. So that same song is now called Strut. With the band, you know, the new image. Right. So it's like, that was like my transitional piece. I can't even call it like a single because it was already out. But it was like an experimental transitional piece. Wow. Well, I love it because you said in like an interview, and it's on your bio, that it challenges people to confidently be themselves, empower one another, and have fun while doing it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that because that's what Reset's all about. It's walking in your unique divine purpose for who you're supposed to be while you're here on this earth. Yeah. Who God designed you to be. But we get so quiet by the voices in our head, what people tell us we're supposed to be. Exactly. And it's not only in Asian culture, it's in every culture because you believe it. There you go. Spiritual weight, which I think like in the book I talk about in my book Reset, I talk about spiritual weight. Like that was my problem. I had all these things that stuck to me. And do you, do you feel that you had spiritual weight by having to be someone that you weren't for so many years? Was that hard for you? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because for the longest, it's like, you need to do the right thing, Chanel. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to do, you know, you don't want to take too many risks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to go with what's out there and eventually you get to do what you want to do. Yeah. Now it's honestly like that's work for some people mm-hmm. and they have their own story and their own hurdles and whatnot through that. I just happen to be one of those that it just, it, it worked for me to a certain extent, but, um, it definitely didn't create a fulfilling life it was always like can't wait till this part is done can't wait till this part is done um yeah i don't really want to wear that you know i'm not really comfortable with that you know and eventually it took a toll like what are you doing you know what are you doing 
um, I think that when you do music as an artist, you want to. You want your fans to be happy. You want them to be able to relate to the songs that you write because you're inspiring people. Mm-hmm. However, I think it goes both ways. For the longest, I feel like it was more so give, give, give. You know, it was more so like just for them. But, you know, it's for the both of us. You know, I wanted to be in a place where I'm able to really exude, you know, um, something truly meaningful and at the same time still inspire them and, and for them to feel, re- you know, relatable to the, to the story. So, so finally, I have one more question that pertains sure. to this. We can move on. But yeah. you've done so much growth. You know, you can tell you're so wise and so balanced. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about freedom. Yes. And one of the things we always say on our show, on both shows, is, you know, forgiveness equals freedom. Have you forgiven yourself for making those Oh, no, you guys. Probably what weren't so happy with, you know? Because I feel like we all kind of do that. Like, we're like, why did I do that? Or, oh, I was so unhappy for so long. And I lost time, you know? Yeah. Um, Little hard questions. So- well, I, I have a different perspective on the word forgiveness now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that tends to often beat herself up. Yeah, me too. Which, yeah, which, <laughs> which brings us to the topic of forgive yourself, right? Yeah. But recently I learned, you know, forgiveness is pretty much saying you did something wrong, yes. you know? that you did something bad. But I don't think that we necessarily choose things purposefully because to, to hurt ourselves or because we think it's wrong or, or whatever. I think that everything that we choose to do has benefited us in some way in that moment, even though it may not, you know what I'm saying? So it's really about acceptance. You know, it's really about like, okay, so I did that, and you probably would go through the whole beating yourself up stuff. But then you got to sit back and think, okay, that was really crappy. But what was it that benefited me in that moment? Because it happened for a reason, you know? I love that you used the word perspective, too. Because <laughs> it is all about the perspective. Yeah. And it shows that you really, you know, you're so balanced and you're so mindful. To, and you're so present now. But it takes <laughs> us to get to that place to be able to look at it with that perspective of like, oh, this was all supposed to happen. It was part of my journey and I wouldn't be able to write this song had I not gone through this. I wouldn't be able to write this book had I not gone through this. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, and I just noticed, you know, like the things in the past that I told myself that I've forgiven and whatnot, and no matter how hard I try, it still kind of comes back, you know? It does come back somehow in passing or like something triggers it. And I'm just like, I thought I forgave myself over this or I thought I'd forgiven that moment. So that's why I kind of studied into it a little bit more. And that's why I was saying, you know, it's, it's, it's more of an acceptance thing and like really looking into it and how did that help me in that moment? So. I love it. <laughs> a lot of what you're saying reminds me of Bruce Lee's quote, honestly expressing yourself. Honestly express yourself, you said? Honestly, honestly express yourself. Honestly express yourself. Expressing yourself. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's scary. Why? Because we're, we're afraid of what people are going to think, you know? <laughs> For you, honestly expressing yourself in your music, in your life, what does that look like? Mm, what does that look like? Are you asking me? Yes. For you, honestly expressing yourself, right? Because it's really about being your authentic self, right? Right. Right. So in your, both in your music and in your life, right? What does that look like for you? What does it look like? What does it look like for me? Um, what does it look like for me? Well, first thing is that definitely different, unique. Because um, for the longest, I've been one, you know, for the longest, I'm like, okay, I have to look this way. I have to do this because this is what artists do, etc. cetera. Um, I think for me... I think for me, what it looks like, <clears throat> my voice, the stories that I write about, the way that I perform on stage, the way that I express my message on, on stage and on interviews or wherever it is, you know, like what that looks like is not just inspiring necessarily, but because I don't really just want to, oh, that was really inspiring. Wow. I, I kind of, I want to go a little deeper into it because one, I'm Asian and for the longest time, and it's, I don't believe this, but for the longest time, it's been, oh, well, we don't know how to put her out or we don't know how to understand her, you know, mm -hmm. and the biggest message that I, you know, want to have and for what I want people to perceive me as, hopefully, or see me as, is somebody that breaks those, breaks those, um, those rules somebody that's not afraid to break like the norm or oh you know they said that we weren't able to do that but she just broke that and I kind of want to I want that you know I want to be able to to encourage more people to to break out of like things that are so like in the box you know and a lot of people these days more and more are talking about you know you gotta think out the box you gotta da 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 you gotta be then do it <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we're so good at talking about it. We're so good at wanting that. Can you do it? Can you just do it already? So I just, I just want to do that, you know? Wow. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> you get another song. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out on iTunes in about three weeks. <laughs> but no, but my EP does come out soon. Um, I'm aiming for um, April, and huh? You have a favorite song on there? Um, my favorite song on there would still. I love the single "Love You Like Me." Um, I, I really do that. And there's a song on there called Hollywood. Um, and the the song and the message of it is pretty much talking about how you know love. I kind of you know used Hollywood as like a, a metaphor. I wrote it with some amazing people and it's kind of like, well, you know, love, you know, when people first come to Hollywood, they think Hollywood, you know, and then you walk down Hollywood Boulevard and it's a dingy place. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, and that's, that's what, you know, love is not all like, it's not always nice. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's not always the kind of experience you think that it is. So, uh, so I hope you guys enjoy that song when it comes out. So look out for it. Look out for it. Something, a little taste of that. Um, 
sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you ever been down to Hollywood? A place where your dreams come true. At the boulevard on the star I stood. Hoping that one day I make it too. See, I thought love was like Hollywood. Didn't look like I thought it should. So much I misunderstood. It ain't a fairy tale, y'all, but it's all good. It's not always glamorous, but when it's real, it's fabulous, like Hollywood. There you go. I love that. That's the whole idea of the fairy tale. You know, in my coaching work, I work a lot with couples, and there's so much that goes on in a relationship. And one of the the exercises that we have is we actually get them to talk about the fairy tale that they came to their relationship with. Woo! Yeah, it's quite interesting. (laughs) Yeah, the um the infatuation phase. Yeah. Yeah, even more than that, you know. Yeah. You know, like you can grow up with an idea of what marriage should be or is in your head. You know, a lot of times kids, they learn fairy tales, right? Absolutely. They believe it's going to be the white horse, the (laughs) prince, charming, and all this stuff. Absolutely. Married and they're going to live happily ever after. Right. It doesn't happen. It does not. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? You know, and one of the things that people don't recognize sometimes is that it's the fairy tale playing in your head that's disrupting your present, your now, your real life. Wow, and that's so real. Um, so going back to what I was saying earlier about holding on to a picture, and I mentioned that it also, it, you know, it's, it's also in your relationships, you know, that it's, it's going to come up. And it definitely has come up for both me and my husband, you know. And, um, and it's not our fault. You know, it definitely is because of, you know, the things that we're raised and what we're looking at. And sometimes, you know, we're not going to always catch what's already kind of embedded in us. You know, it's like we got to experience it. And it's like, what is wrong with this picture right now? And then, you know, you bring it up and you're like, oh, like I really, you know, had this picture and thought it was meant to be this way and it's supposed to look like this and you're supposed to do this for me and I'm supposed to be that way for you and it's like yeah no it's no (laughs) Um, it's a real learning experience marriages man and and the challenge of both both of you guys pursuing your careers and traveling and yeah, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know, having, you know, I was talking to a couple, and one of them was the artist, and the other one was like the stay at home, happy to do so, you know, nine to five job. And it, they were saying that it makes it a little easier, you know, because the both of them are not like thinking what the other person is doing necessarily. Because when you're apart from each other so much, and so far away, it's like, yes, we have technology and phones and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's not like you could just go to this person's work and bring them lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very different. So it's like, you want to be completely like present in the world that you are in work wise, but you also want to stay connected and present in the relationship and hold that together too. It's, it's, it's work and it's whether you're willing to do it or not. Are you willing to do it? If you're not, then be out. You know, don't be wasting the other person's time. It's what you do. I mean, singers are notorious for late nights, right? Yeah. 
nights. Late nights. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I know he's a dance choreographer, right? So he's got yeah. a whole other schedule going on. Yeah, both both me and him. And, um, you know, he's got classes every day and he's, you know, he stays up. He likes to work, you know, really late. And um, I try to get as much sleep as possible, as early as possible. Um, but the both of us, yeah, we have those kinds of worlds, you know, where it's like late night, you know, don't know who we're meeting. Everybody, we're meeting different people all the time. So we're so surrounded ourselves with different people and we're in the music industry. So the kind of flirting that happens in the music industry is at a different level. The kinds of people are different, you know, it's like, if I was like in the self-help world, you know, the, the chances, <laughs> The chances of being in that superficial world is a little different, you know, just, just a teeny bit. Um, but it's, it's a challenge, but as you know, we both know what we want. And I think it's, it takes, I went to Sai, and one of the things that really stuck with me was it takes one person to be a hundred percent committed for the relationship to work. If both of you are 50, 50, that is going to eventually break, you know, but it takes one. And I think like me and him kind of like, um, I think it like it it jumps to him and then jumps to me. Um, so I we were constantly like pulling each other back in, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that that's that makes it quite powerful, you know. What has been your biggest challenge that you've overcome like in life so far for you? Biggest challenge? Um, let me see. I think the reset, the last reset I spoke to you about saying no, because I'm not very comfortable with confrontation and saying no, because it's a few elements, you know, you're scared, um, you know, taking risks wasn't exactly something that was encouraged, you know, for me growing up. And it, I asked my dad not too long ago, hey, dad, you know, out of all these years you work, he's like 63. I said, what is, what is probably like one of the things that you wish that you did more of? He goes, take risks. Aww. So, and for him to say that, you know, because I watched this man very calculative and very like, you know, somebody who doesn't take a lot of risks. And that's what I grew up seeing. So for me to say no to a contract, you know, and and um, continuing on a career that was actually going to catapult me to a, a whole other level. That was, that was the biggest, like, that, was, that changed my life, you know? It changed my life. And people still to this day was like, man, you were about to be this. And you're, yeah, but was that truly what I wanted? That was what you wanted for me. Right. I didn't want that. It's okay. You didn't want yeah. to sell Yeah, you know. Yeah. What are a few tips you would tell our audience for going through a reset? And now you've been through several. What are like three things that really just kept you fulfilling your purpose? Easier said than done. Yeah. Don't give up because, um, you know, I just spoke to one of my friends the other day and he was like, man, you know, you've been in this and you've been doing this for about 10 years you know, longer, but like professionally, 10 yeah. years. And the fact that you are still pushing yourself and you're still hungry, you're still passionate, um, you know, like that says a lot because it's easy to give up. There's been so many hurdles. There's been so many no's. There's, there's been so many like that cannot happen, 
there's been so many of those moments for me, you know, but, um, it's, you just can't stop. You can't stop. Be open to different things when they come. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, don't be so, so stuck on stuff. Just be open to that and go with the flow, but just be very like, just don't let that vision disappear. Um, just have faith that you will get there and just make sure that the action steps that you take, you know, make sure they're purposeful, you know, cause we can get distracted, you know what I'm saying? But make sure those actions are, are purposeful and just be open, be very open. Cause you just, you never know. You may think you're supposed to meet this people and have this formula, but it may not be, it really may not be. So that's, yeah, that's good well, advice. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so hard to, I think, because when we have dreams and we want them so bad, we want to believe that this person came in our life for a reason and they're going to make it happen. And I, I think like, I mean, I don't know, cause I'm a woman, I'm not a guy, but women like myself, you tend to believe people when they tell you stuff. You know, like, why would they lie to me? I mean, I'm a little different now. I have a different discernment. (laughs) You're supposed to just trust people. Just trust people. Yeah, but, you know, you believe it, and you're Mm -hmm. hopeful. And, you know, hope dies hard. And it causes us to have resets, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that also introduces us or really um, exposes, like, what responsibility really is. You know, it's like, okay, so you have um, somebody make all of these promises to you and you put your, all your, you know, eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. What could you have done different? You know, what kind of, yeah, believe in yourself. I mean, what kind of responsibility could you have taken in that moment? Could you have, you know, you know researched this person more? Could yeah. you have caught up on it more? Like, what could you have done? And those are the lessons that you take from that, you know? and try not to do it again you yeah. know? sometimes we have to do it like three four times and you're like okay you're a mess well, what yeah. are you doing you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. yeah you're like i'm a hot mess I'm yeah hot. yeah accepting accepting yeah, accepting. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah What's next for you? Um, what am I doing? I am right now in the process of preparation of all the new music that's coming out, shooting videos, um, and just, you know, just staying consistent with a lot of what I put out on social media and stuff like that. Just organically growing my fans. I, um, this year, that's what's most important to me, really getting the music out to the fans. Um, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) This thing every Monday on Instagram, right? Yes, I started that. It's called Melody Mondays on Instagram. My my name on Instagram is at Chanel World. Um, Yeah, so whoever goes on there, if you want to check it out and comment. Spell it out so they can follow you. Sure, it's at Chanel World at C H E N E L L E World. Um, and that's the same with all of my other social media outlets too, like Snapchat and um, uh, YouTube is, you know, obviously YouTube is Chanel. <laughs> um, Facebook is the same at Chanel World. And I guess that's it. You have a blog too, right? 
I have a blog page, Tumblr, um, that's also at Chanel World. And my website is also Chanel World. <laughs> so I'm trying to like keep it all the same so people don't have to like type in different things, you know. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what kind of things do you blog about on your blog? Like when people go there, will they be inspired? Is it consistent with your purpose and your mission? Um, you know what? I just started the blogs and I haven't been consistent. I want to be more consistent. Um, I'm still trying to figure out like what kind of content do I want to consistently put up? And what I've noticed is I love fashion and I love food. I noticed Fashion and food. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Fashion food. Fashion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think um, that might be the two things that I might have to consistently put up. You know, I love uh, me and my husband love finding like restaurants here and there that people have never heard of, you know, um, that has some uniqueness about it. Um, and taking pictures of that and, and posting it, I think, and people love that, you know, people love food, people love fashion. And I'm sure in between all that, I'll also be typing out, you know, my reset moments. I like sharing my reset moments. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, and I do a lot of that kind of under my pictures, um, on Instagram. I, I do share a lot of like my moments on there when I can. Um, but I think, yeah, at times I could also transfer some of that over to my blogs, but yeah. So I love on your blog, how you shared where the clothes were from. Oh, good. Yeah. I love that because there was a few, I mean, I loved everything you had on, but there was that one dress. Uh -huh. I don't know if she was from Singapore, but you said who it was. It was very colorful and just like Lois London. She's from yeah. Sri Lanka, but okay. yes. Her design is called Lois London. Yeah. I loved it. And I was, Fab, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I just loved that you shared it too because people do want to know what someone's wearing and they want to know like where to get it. Where to get it. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to like, I wish I had her dress. Yeah. You can have it too, girl. Yeah. I got it from here. <laughs> yeah. That's good that you told me that. That's good that you told me that. And I love that you shouted out to like the makeup and hair because they could like message them if they were like, what's that lipstick she was wearing or whatever. No, exactly. it was great. Your blog's great. I Thank it. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And Thank one you. last question for you. What is something about you that people don't know, but you wish they knew, like that they actually noticed about you? Whoa. That's See, a good one. I'm sorry. That's you know seafood me. talking. You know me. <laughs> Whoa, that I wish that they knew about me. They don't notice it, but you wish they did because they don't notice it. They don't notice it. Sure. Oh my God. Um, let me think. That might take me a moment. Um, well, like if your managers knew who you were, like the people who were in your life, right? prior to this like if they recognize certain things because i know from you this thing about writing and how you're a deep deep thinker yeah i'm a thinker i, I don't know if i want people to notice that about me <laughs> the deep thinking part <laughs> you know. but you know amongst all of like you know i mean beyond like the hi thank you for you know supporting me and and listening to my music and and all that kind of stuff um are you there? Oh, yes. yeah. Um, 
maybe not so much of a serious thing, but I love, I'm the type of girl where I just, I love coming home and sitting on my couch. Like, I, you know, like people see me as like, I'm, I come out and I meet people, you know, and I'm just like, I'm loud. I'm like this crazy, you know, person. I have a lot to say and a lot to share. And, you know, when I travel, the first thing I want to do, like what I really enjoy, it's like, it's like, a, I, you know how some people like to go to spas? Yeah. yeah. I love making myself a cup of tea. Yeah. Sitting on the couch. And sometimes the TV is not even on and I feel like I'm in heaven and people are not going to know that. You know what I mean? People probably think like I'm constantly putting hair, doing hair and makeup. I'm constantly like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I just, there's something about that where it's like a moment that I get where I just get to be just, I just get to stop. Yeah. It's and it just feels so good. And I, I really enjoy it. I love my couch. <laughs> <laughs> so. Maybe you should put a link to it on your blog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing you guys don't know about me. I love my couch. <laughs> I, was, I used to teach overseas. And um, I remember I would sit in this one room in the kitchen and just watch the sunrise every day with a cup of tea. And it was just so much peace. Mm, it was like heaven yeah. on earth at that moment. I love it. I love it, yeah. And, and the husband bringing me breakfast in bed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no but yeah, there's, there's something about that. You know, like and it's, when you're so busy in life, like you don't really get many moments like that. You know what I mean? Did you hear me? I'm sorry. It was like cutting off a little bit. It's okay. Say it again. You said when you're so busy. Like I was that. saying that um, for being such, you know, being in the entertainment business, you're so busy. Yes. Sorry, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you. <laughs> yeah, so it's, we don't really get many moments like that, you know, so it's, it's really good. For us to have like moments like that, you know, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much, Chanel. Thank you for singing. That was no, no problem. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. This was fun. You know, anytime I see you, I ask you to sing. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Only for you, Sifu. I, I missed you. It's been this has been wonderful. This was so wonderful. wonderful. We need yeah. to talk more often. Yes, we do. We do. And um, I'm probably going to be out there sooner than later. So, um, okay. Are you performing? No, no. But, you know, I'm, I have a restaurant out there called the Krabby Shack. So I'm usually out there, you know, going to see them really? in Brooklyn. Yeah. If you guys eat crab, you, yeah, please go check it out. It's called the Krabby Shack. Oh, oh cool. that's great. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> when are you coming out? I'm not sure yet, but um, I'm definitely going to be back sometime. Two, at least twice this year. So, yeah, okay. I'll let you know. Don't worry. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jackie. Thank you, Chanel. It was. Really Thank you so much. So so amazing to have you on. Such an honor. Thank you. Yeah. No worries. For our audience, reset. remember reset because <laughs> you, you deserve, deserve it. it.